recovering. It's about getting back to who we really are and what we're really here for. Give me your strength and show me your weakness. We're in this together now. We're in this together now. Welcome everybody to another episode of Recovering. Today we have a special guest. Rob Bell is here with us. Welcome, Rob. It's great to be with you. And we're going to be talking about your new book, Everything is Spiritual, Who We Are and What We're Doing Here. And I was really excited about that because recovering for me is not so much about addiction, which is what it's normally associated with, but I really like the idea of recovery as getting something back that's lost or stolen. And I feel like I'm getting back to who I really am and what I'm really here for. And as I do that, I want to share it with other people. So I feel like this book aligns with that in many ways. What do you think? Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, um, also, in the ancient tradition, they talk about salvation is not becoming someone else. It's about remembering yes. who you've actually been the whole time. So for so many people, through whatever situations, traumas, whatever happened, something within them came to see, oh, I'm supposed to be somebody else. Mm. And so then it puts you here, and then there's some other place that you're supposed to get to, which spatially then splits all of the world up into where you are and where you should be, as opposed to recovering, remembering, reclaiming your deepest self who's always been there the whole time. So in 12-step meetings, they say that we're just reminding each other. It's a disease of forgetting. <laughs> just keep holding mirrors up to each other. Yeah. And this book is about your own story, <laughs> which is really exciting because I should explain to people who you are probably because I realize yeah, a lot of people whatever. don't actually know who, who you are. And what <laughs> whatever. You I was telling my grandpa, I was like, oh, I get to have Rob Bell on the podcast. And he looks at me, he's like, Rod... And his waiting yeah, for right. the last name. <laughs> I'm with him. I'm with him. Who? <laughs> so for people who don't know, you uh, <laughs> at one point were leading one of the fastest, no, the fastest growing church uh, in America, which ridiculous. amazes me because there are actually people who, I guess, know the speed of church growth and were able to say that you officially had the fastest growing church yeah, in America. That's such an absurd thing, let alone the fact that somebody like thought that was important that's to mention. That's their job. Yeah, just, yeah. Stacked, just layers of ridiculousness stacked on top of each other. Right, so you right. got to laugh. You have to, at some point, you just have to laugh about all of it. Right. But it's also interesting to me because you were kind of thrown into this situation where you had art and you had a message and people were drawn to that very, very quickly in, in big groups of people. And so to have that experience, I'm sure rattles you. And I remember at one point, I don't think it's in the book, but I remember at one point you said people would know you so much or watch what you did in your town that even people would know what you had for lunch at like a restaurant oh, or something. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. like a really weird life experience. So I think it does matter, you know, in the book that you talk <laughs> about that um, because then as you accomplish these things, it sounds like then you did your podcast, which is really, really popular. Then you toured with Oprah. Um, this is your 11th book right? You've done videos, written a play. Um, so you've done all this stuff, but then this book seems to be about you get there and then <laughs> it's not exactly working. You know, there's this all idea the stuff that, 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 that's about all the stuff going wrong. 
Right, 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 right. And this kind of, you know, then this reclaiming or this, you know, going deeper process or this grounding place. And so, yeah, t maybe say more about that to the people that are listening. Well, it's funny when you were, when you were talking about this thing that happened, there's a funny paradox going on in the book because I'm telling about all these things that were happening to me, but I made like, I did them. Like we, like I had the idea to start a church and like Kristen, my wife and I and some friends, like I did this thing and then it happened to me. You know what I mean? There's like all these funny par paradoxes. How often we talk about all these things we went through, but we also chose to be in that relationship and we chose to live in that town and we chose to go work at that place. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's like all this stuff that happened to us, but we were actually autonomous agents in the process. Like we could have done other things, but we chose these things. So there's these endless sort of loops and paradoxes on it all. And like in the book, I talk about be, being the leader of this like giant spiritual machine. It was like a magnet, that heat of being in public. It's like any little shards of metal in there are going to get pulled to the surface. Like any anxieties, any fears, anything that hasn't been processed, it mm -hmm. like folded up. So I talk about going to a therapist for the first time. And being like, whoa, you can like talk about this stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like you can go back into your youth and it isn't just a giant ambiguous hairball with no, like you can see how you got here and you're feeling this because of this. I'm telling you, it was like the most, re whoa, there's an interior journey. <laughs> it was just yeah. like inventing water or something. It was so revolutionary to me. I went to seminary because I wanted to become a Christian counselor at the time. And in our program, we had to do 24 sessions of therapy before we could do therapy because we had to do our own work. And they yeah. knew that if we didn't do that, it would, you know, our stuff would get in the way, but the pastors didn't have to, and we would have arguments saying like, I'm pretty sure the pastor should have to do this too. <laughs> More than anybody. Why do you want to help people so bad? <laughs> Why do you want to stand up in front of people with a microphone and say big things? What is the deal? Totally. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was. And I, I, I mean, I would have been early 30s. This idea that you could, uh, how would I say it, go in there mm -hmm. and explore and learn. And there were these professionals who who could help you make sense of it. And there were like tools and resources. And that you could be more grounded, more centered, that you didn't have to push things down or avoid pain. You could listen to it and see where it wanted to take you. I mean, that was oh, just unbelievable, life-changing stuff. And then you share that in the book, which was also fascinating to me because as I've been on this journey and I, I really, you know, I started out in this place, I wanted to offer therapy and then I realized I was saying the same thing over and over and over again. And I thought, man, there's got to be a more effective way to help people. So I wanted to speak. And as I got into this new world and I met people that I really wanted to meet and I was getting to those places where I thought I was supposed to get to, often I would notice, I don't, I don't really want to, I don't want to end up like this. There's something here for, that's not for me. 
But then when I met you, and as I've gotten to attend your events and, you know, been part of something to say, I've actually noticed that, yeah, I do kind of want what he has. And actually, it's getting better. Like this year or something to say compared to 2016. Wow, like he's more real. He's becoming <laughs> more authentic. He's taking more risks. He seems more comfortable in himself. And so I noticed that with the book as well. Like it just seemed like this work was the most real and real is risky, right? Like that's how you know you're being real because you kind of feel like you're taking a bit of a risk saying it. So did you feel like that when you were putting this work out there into the world that it was a little more risky or? No. You don't know it's more I'm trying to think how to say that. Yeah, more real or more transparent or more vulnerable, but it just felt it made it easier. Just tell the wow. story. Just tell the story. And then like there's one line I remember typing I felt so much shame. Period. And being like that's not a Rob Bell sentence. That's so boring. What is, that's just, that's the sentence. There's no like special sauce. It's just, I felt so much shame. It was like, yeah, cause that's what happened. Just tell what happened. Do you know what I mean? Like, just keep it. Just keep the line clean. Just keep it static free. Just tell what happened and what you learned and what it felt like, what it was like. And then what happened next? And what did you learn? And what did it feel like? And then what happened next? It was like this calming head sinking into heart. Um, mm -hmm. Like the simplicity after complexity. Just trust that if you double down on the particulars of your own experience, you'll people will find themselves in that. So we don't that we don't need to impress anybody. We don't need to let everybody know all the stuff that we know. All that became really boring to me. What became interesting was telling people the story. And so like the section when I'm, when I'm like 19, when I'm 23, whatever, each of those parts was like, tell the story like it was at that point. When you first, like the thing about discovering that there were therapists and you could do this, tell it that's obvious to you now, of course. But at the time, 20 years ago, it was revolutionary. So just tell it how it felt then. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, just tell what it was like. You don't need to keep stay in 2000, whatever it is, 19, and sort of look back ironically like, wasn't I sort of young and clueless? No, no, no. Tell about the wonder of each stage. Yeah. And see, these are the kinds of things why I like following what you do and why I hope more people find it, because you're right. Like there is a point where certain elements of real for me feel risky, like I'm putting something out there uh, yeah, or yeah. not too sure. But then there's other times, like even, you know, more recently, it might something to say sort of moment chatting with you. Um, that you really, like, it was like ultra grounding. It was like, okay, like, you know what I mean? Like, even the, even when I was thinking about interviewing you today, I was like, well, you know, I wonder if this might go wrong, or I wonder if I should say this. And I had all this chatter. And I just thought you would be like, would you like to interview Rob Bell? <laughs> well, yes, I would. <laughs> well, did you like his book? I, I actually really did. Would you like to ask him questions about his book? <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty fun. Okay, just go do that. Like, it doesn't have yeah. to be a deal, Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. 
So when people say like, wow, you must have really felt way out there or somebody's asking a, a, somebody who they've observed some leap in their work or it looks like some evolution and that must have felt like crazy and way out there and like you were really taking, no, no, I, w I, I was more myself than ever. Um, that's how it actually works is you're just even more in tune and centered in who you are. You've remembered even more about mm -hmm. who you are and what you're doing here. So <laughs> no, it doesn't feel like crazy or wild or whoa. It feels like, yeah, of course this is what we would do next. It has a calm center, hmm. not this like, uh, anytime I meet somebody or hear somebody talking about it's going to be really, I mean, this could be really controversial. I'm going to shock some people. I'm really going to be, I'm going to get out. That's just, I'm, I'm so bored already. Like that kind of energy. That's what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like they, they aren't going to know what hit them. Um, first off, it doesn't feel like love. Second, it doesn't feel like new creation. Like what's the, what's the gift you're giving here? Um, it might end up being controversial, disruptive, but that's a response to the, that's maybe, but that will come out of the thing you're doing, which is actually a gift for everybody. That's the other thing that I've noticed when you said it doesn't feel like love. That's the other thing I've noticed in your work is that particularly when I see you work with other people, you're very, very kind. Like it doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter what people resent. Like whether they have hundreds of journals and they want to write, make a book out of it. And I go, how are you going to, what are you going to say? Like, you know, or, you know, whatever it is. Like, I remember one time, like you were so kind. You're like, well, cause it's about communication and what we want to say. It's called something to say, but it was more like a life coaching question. And you were still so kind. You're like, well, this isn't like exactly life coaching, but like I can kind of, I'll do my best, you know? And I mean, I just, I love that because I think there's something about they, what is that saying? People won't remember what you said, but they'll remember how you made them feel. Oh, wow. Oh yeah. Whenever somebody, yeah. Whenever somebody wants something more than whatever the setting is, I always, always like, oh yeah, I can't, that's not, that's not what we're doing here. And then there's, it's like, it's almost like you completely let everybody off the hook. Like, um, oh yeah, that, that thing you're talking about there, that's not what I do. That's not what we're doing here. That's not the point of this. That said, may I offer a few observations? It's like you set, <laughs> you just set everybody free from this accomplishing anything, which is how you can then maybe, you know, find the next step and actually maybe accomplish something. <laughs> it's like you almost have to encircle the moment and if you're too caught up in the encounter you can't see the larger playing field so, so one of the pressure ways release valve is like the first most important part yes what exactly you're saying. Okay. So, so picture yourself sitting there talking to somebody but then picture if there's a drone shot up above viewing the thing from up above so you're moving spatially um or if there's an audience then you also have the audience in participating they're watching so i'm moving around in the moment um like almost like all these different camera angles because each one is giving you a different view of the thing and so sometimes when you're stuck just you and the person um go to the drone shot and talk about that oh look at us sitting here look at you <laughs> and i sitting here in this living room in the sky talking in these weird machines about all these things you know what i mean 
what yeah. an extraordinary thing we get to do. So a lot of times the person, the pro- a person's problem is they're stuck. They're like locked into just them talking to this person. I can't get out of it. I can't. But immediately move to commenting on the very nature of it. What we're even doing here, then it frees you. <laughs> right. And there are all these ways that you free the, I don't know, like you even talked about it in the book of a really, really hard question you got asked and you processed it with someone. And that was, again, incredible. Like the question was about. Oh, right, right. Her husband had committed suicide. And yeah. then what do you say to that? And again, I mean, it, it would take people reading the book to see how you walk through that. But that's a feels like wisdom to me. And I think the people that I've noticed, I don't know what you would think about this, but it seems like the people who are the most wise that I really want to learn from, they're great students. Like they also have people that they go and ask questions and that they learn from. And like, that's a big thing. That's a big theme. Like, you know, in 12 step, they're like, don't get a sponsor who doesn't have a sponsor kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Like there's something <laughs> Oh, that's about good. That. I haven't heard that. That's good. Like picture student and then an arrow like a a half circle arrow going over to the word master. And then from the word master, uh, a half circle with an arrow going back over to student or um, learning and mastering. And you're always in that loop. So you are accumulating all of this wisdom and knowledge and experience. So there is a buildup. You do know more than you knew. It's not all fuzzy. And you're drawing on that constantly. There is like mastery of craft, trade, the work, the art. Um, but you also are always also a student. So you get locked in either one. Uh, like the person is like, I just don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah, you do. Partly. Otherwise something's wrong here. Like you do, you do know something. And then the master is like, I got this figured out. Yeah. There's, it's missing the curiosity. <laughs> yeah. It's like, a, it's like, a, like all truth ultimately will probably be some sort of dialectic, some sort of conversation between two things. So that's actually the learning, mastering, student, expert. Yeah. Now you're always sort of looping somewhere in there. Sometimes you need the one, sometimes you need the other. Do you still have people that you ask, like that student place? Or is it books that you read to learn from or... The, the guy who does the parking tickets at the grocery store, the the woman at the UPS store who, when you mail a package, I chat with her because she's in the neighborhood. And I like, yeah, that's not just to me, for me, that's not just mm-hmm. combined to s- smarty pants people. I don't know why I said smarty pants. It's not like I'm 11. Um, yeah, everybody. So I'll, I'll be wherever and just start asking a person questions. What's it like to be you? What do you do? I do. Yeah. So it's not just people who, you know, have some specific knowledge Um, in my experience. Oh, I know we had our dog peed on the rug. So we had to have it like taken away and cleaned because we couldn't get the stain out. So those guys came. So I just started, this happened a couple of weeks ago and everybody's masked up and they're like delivered, putting the rug back in place. And I'm like asking them, so like all day, how many stops do you do in a day? What's it like to go into houses all day long? Tell me about houses. Tell me about, and they just launched in. They had a hundred stories. <laughs> the wow. carpet cleaner guy. They're fascinating. Oh yeah. I think that they really like help you like in the same way, like, cause I know in the book you talked about like say father Jack and getting to go and be with him or something. Do you think that they help you in those same ways? Like the people that you meet probably different, but they still what really you help you. 
What I do you think, think? I think probably, yeah. I think as you're talking about it, I'm like, I can see how, I think it's a both and for me. I think that there is something about this natural curiosity that's like everyone in front of me is so interesting. Yes. They're so interesting. And there's so much to learn. But then there's also things about people who have done certain work or or. Oh, sure. To feel certain pain or there's something about that also that's like very rich uh, for me as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. And, and there's, um, I, I just begin with everybody has a gift to give and everybody has a gift to give me. Like they have some experience. So all sometimes there will be a uh, writer, filmmaker, scientist, and I'll like inhale their work. It's almost like you... You, if you frame it, like you see it, like, what is the gift this person is giving me? And there's a spirit. It's not just, I really like their music. No, who is this? Where do they come from? How did they make these noises? What, what informed it? Um, so I just did, did a whole bunch of reading about Walt Whitman. And like, what was the world like at that time? What was he doing that was so amazing? And why did Walt? And then I'm just finishing a biography I got for my birthday about Oliver Wendell Holmes, the Supreme Court justice from the turn of the century, who I'm apparently related to. Mm -hmm. um, so I like I'm I'm in the world of Oliver Wendell Holmes, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States, 1920, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm mm -hmm. like, like receiving. I'm picking up a whole. So if you see the world as like a communion of saints, or like a cloud of witnesses, like. So as opposed to past, present, future, people who have gone are, are here in some way with us. They're still with us. Um, so if you just move to an eternal now and everybody is present in that eternal now and everybody has gifts to give each other, then life just becomes like you never know where you're going to encounter something fascinating and helpful. And then yeah. you see, a, like, if you, like in the book when I talk about how your body is made up of cells. So then the next layer of the evolution of the universe, we're all cells in some larger body. What do we all together make up? Um, mm. Then, then it just becomes a far more dynamic, interesting universe. And what about <laughs> the things that pull us away from who we really are? Like, how would you describe that? Like, what about the things that are darker or, not aligned or that, you know, there is all this wonder and awe around us and it's true, everything you're saying, but then we're not even paying attention to the person at the grocery store and we're kind of just locked into Netflix or whatever the thing is. Like, what do you think that's about? Like, what would you say that's about? I'd say, of course, sometimes you're exhausted. Of course, we lose the plot. I mean, you think about the internet. Billions of dollars are spent every day to advertise to you and I to subtly and overtly convince us that if we had fill in the blank, then we would be fill in the blank, happier, more satisfied. Like, how is that not? That's a system and we're all in it at some level. How is mm -hmm. that system not working on us? Of course, it would drain you. Of course, you would need to uh, hibernate from a system that was that insane. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Of course. Or just think about early brain development, this reptile, reptile lizard brain, this early brain stem that was just threat assessment. Is there a lion in the bushes or not? Our ancestors needed to know. So this early part of the brain that developed, I mean, it's kept us alive. It's how we're still here. So it's very good. It's very dialed in, but it is constantly scanning every situation. For, for are we safe? Are we good? Will there be enough food? Is that person? Um, well, of, co of course, sometimes we'd be exhausted. Of course, that part would overfire and cut us off from the unknown or the other. So, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think that, uh, and then, and then most stages of greater maturity come when you move past the dualities. So, there's light and there's dark mm. and you can see them as constantly at war with each other. And some things are dark and some things are light. And yet when you look back on your life, all kinds of amazing things happened in the dark times. Yes. And that was the other thing that I loved, loved about this book. It's like <laughs> one of my favorite things because I was first, it happened to me. Then it happened with my daughter and it's not been very long since I, I mean, it was just released since I've read it. So it happened quite quickly. But as I was reading your story and your, about your grandma at first, I was, I got, I wanted to get so connected to my roots. So I, I stopped the podcast. I started to cry because they were talking about when your grandma died and my grandma's still alive. And so is my grandpa. So I, I made plans with them and I went over to see them and, uh, and, and it was like, I was so much more accepting of my story. This is what happened. Uh, I was so much more embracing of the yeah. whole story and how everything belongs. And so I was like, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I want to um, make questions and record them. Cause then I can have these stories, these questions I would want to ask them, whatever. And of course my grandparents, I mean, I love them to death and they loved everything that I've done, but they're not the most emotional, like sentimental type of people. They're like, nah, maybe we could do that. Like they weren't that into it, but yeah. I love that too. I loved that too, because I was like, they're being them and something about their not being so emotional or not want being as close to that intimacy is part of what shaped my desire to be closer and to know people and be more intimate. So I, even that belonged and, and I embraced that. And there was this kind of radical acceptance of the whole thing. And the same with my daughter, you know, she's 17 and she's going to be with her dad in South Africa. My ex is a big wave surfer in South Africa. And as she's going to really, be, yeah, yeah. He's one of the best big wave surfers in the world. So, um, yeah, so she's going to be with her dad. And I, I was talking to her and I was like, it's all going to be okay, Kai. Like, I just was like, I just know that Kylie's going to be okay. And that this is her story. And that 17 uh. years ago, we had a baby. And then it's all going to be okay. And I was talking to him on the phone. And I had, you know, so much acceptance. He's building a little bathroom. He's getting so excited. His daughter's coming over. And so the story that, you know, in my upbringing or church or society would be shame. And, you know, we had a baby in our 20s and we didn't get married. And those kind of things is now this beautiful girl who has a story and is going to go in the world and is going to touch people's lives and gets with her dad. And and uh, and then amazingly, someone from South Africa started coming to our church that lives 10 minutes away 
from her dad has started coming to our online church. So it's, there's just something about everything belonging and yes. accepting that's in this book that's happening Good. to me. So yes. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yes. The, the book has a feeling. Yes. As much yes. as anything. Yes. And it is its own thing. Like it's not you, like it is its own thing that is going to do what it's going to do to us that it's done to you, to me, to others. It's a very special, there's something in it, right? It's oh my goodness. And... Oh my goodness. There, my work is done here. <laughs> I'm so, ah, that's just wonderful to hear. Yeah. Cause the book for me was a massive exercise in owning every square inch of my story hmm. and just going back through where you come from, who you come from, how it all happened, just make peace and celebrate all of it because it was all part of it. You can't uh, live with all these bits and pieces, not knowing what to do with them. It, it, we, we lose our minds. We disconnect it from our hearts. So you just, yeah, you just described better than I could what I was, what was happening to me. And then at some level realizing, well, just follow this and just keep typing and then trust that it might help others have a similar experience. Yeah. This is who I come from. This is where the porch was. This is what we did. This is where, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. even soil. That's the soil where it started. Yep, it is. Good. Without all that, I wouldn't be who I am here. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the, the, the dualities, winning, losing, good, bad, light, dark, they all are real. They all have a success failure. They all, it's not that they aren't real. And not that there aren't times and places right, wrong, when they're incredibly important. And yet... The invitation is to transcend all of these categories because you realize spirit was in all of it. Everything is spiritual. Spirit's present in all of it, of bringing about new creation. And that's the other feeling is acceptance was one of them. And then before you even mention it in the book, that feeling of wonder and awe is another one, right? Just... And I feel like for me, that spiritual awakening, people will say, you know, well, even with AA, the point isn't to quit drinking. The point is to learn how to live and learn how to awaken and to have this life that we were already given. Is that a mosquito? <laughs> As a, I mean, there are not cal mosquitoes in Los Angeles. You saw know, the one I mosquito. I don't remember I've them when I was there. <laughs> the one mosquito I've ever seen in Los, An Los Angeles flies across the screen, lands <laughs> What in the world? What an unusual day. Listening, you'll have to watch the video. <laughs> the apocalypse is upon us. There are, there is a mosquito. There was a mosquito in Los Angeles. And now, gone now. <laughs> apparently your spiritual awakening hasn't led to the point where you keep mosquitoes alive and just shoo them out the window or catch no. them in a little cup. Mm -mm. No, I have no desire, no desire to reach yet. that state. <laughs> yes. You never know. You never know. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, okay, a couple more questions just about growth. So another thing I noticed that I really, really loved that I feel like for people listening, this could be very helpful for them 
is it seemed like on your journey, and I could be wrong, but there was something about you really learning, and I feel like this is so important, what's theirs and what's mine. Like what really is mine to own and what's that actually has nothing to do with me. That's not mine. You know, that's somebody projecting something onto me. That's not something I have to answer. That's a no for me. You know, people talk about boundaries and then also really owning what is mine and what is, are my feelings and what is my experience and what is mine to work through. Um, so it seems like there's some more clarifying that goes through you know, from the point where all of a sudden you've written a book and everybody has something to say about you and your life and all of these kinds of things to the point where you're like, meh, like they can say those things and it's, it's actually not going to bother me like it once did. It seems like there's some sort of evolution there. Yeah, and it probably started way, way back. This awareness that I could throw myself into it and give it everything I got. But people were free to respond to my efforts however they wanted. Like, there was this incredible empowerment to, like, go for it and do it and shape it and say it and speak it. And then there was this wall that you hit where your power, you, your effective range of will, you run past it. And then you're just in this space where people can say whatever they want. doesn't matter. They can completely disregard your efforts. They can write you off. They can completely misunderstand you. So this, this, you throw yourself into it and you surrender the outcomes. The nature of the work that I was doing, which was public, talking about the big things publicly, you're just asking, you know what I mean? <laughs> Charging into the most volatile subjects just charging in and just saying things from my early 20s. Um, you know what I mean? Like you're just asking and really, really enjoying doing it. You're asking for people to have a, let's call it a wide variety of responses. How would it not? You know what I mean? Right. right. How would you not encounter? Um, so I think that the pain, I think it was the pain of that. I just had to learn that early on, make peace with that, or I would just have to stop doing the work and go do something else. It, it, it was like, that heat was so hot. You either, like you're, like you sort of shrug your shoulders and you're asking the question, okay, yeah, apparently they don't like me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and the sermon, the sermon, it's a, it's guerrilla theater, it's performance art every Sunday. So, people can just not come back. They can just walk out. Like we don't normally go visit somebody at their job and we all together evaluate how they're doing. <laughs> Most people's work doesn't include this. You know what I mean? Like whoever, let's think about your listeners, whoever you have your holiday dinners, let's Christmas dinner with, they probably all don't and all their friends come to your place of work and everybody gets to decide whether what they, how you're doing and gets to give their opinion on your performance. <laughs> you know what I mean? It took so me a while true. to realize the absurd premise of the work that I was doing. <laughs> it's funny. I hadn't thought about that way before, but 
it was just a weird line of work to be in. And especially to be in my early twenties, like, you don't know, what do you know when you're in your early twenties? You know what I mean? <laughs> what do you know? Uh, so I think, yeah, I think that, I, I think the heat, some things got burned out of me. Expectations, mm. entitlement, um, blaming the audience. Just, just forget it. Um, that like the crowd, they're just, they're just dead tonight. They're just not into it. For, you know what I mean? That's don't even, it doesn't even cross my mind. Like I'm going to go out and it's going to be a great show. I'm going to have a blast. They're free to join me or not, but that's, that's their deal. Not mine. And that's everything. Like, I just love this idea <laughs> about getting grounded back in, like, what are you doing and just enjoying it. Right. I think yeah. about that. Whoever is listening, whatever you do, you know, there is something about when I get back into that as a therapist, I love that. I love that somebody would trust me with their pain and come and be brave and open up. And that there's a chance that something that's happened in my life or something I've learned could make a difference. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And like if you're, you're a therapist and you're about to go into a session with someone, they may have absolutely zero breakthroughs. You then are going to have an experience of somebody who um, isn't making like it's data. Even at the most basic level, I'm going to have another experience where I'm going to learn about human beings. This person mm -hmm. might have a breakthrough and I'm going to be right there. Okay, wow. Next time I know what I'm talking to that, they may just be like a shut down and like, oh, interesting. Apparently there's a kind of pain that shuts a person down so much. What will I learn? Like you're going to learn something. Yeah. You're going to gain another round of accumulated wisdom about this craft, this work that you're doing. So um, even the idea of, I noticed this the past couple of years. Even the idea of failure as a category just began to dissipate and just dis and dissolve. Right. I, like, I, I don't even. I don't that's even. That's the thing uh, I was going to say before that I just loved when you were talking about the surrendering the outcomes thing, or like in twelve step they say plan the action, not the result, or whatever. But you talk about that in the book. But I remember when you said this one time. I just loved it. It helped me so much with the stuff that I was trying to do in the world because you, would, I think you said to somebody different on the stage, but you just said, well, people say no to beautiful things all the time. Oh, good Lord. People say no to beautiful things all the time. And I was like, that is actually true. So however people react, it doesn't define whatever the art is or the gift. It's people say no to beautiful things all the time. And I was like, that actually helps. That's helpful. Thank you. <laughs> um, right. Right. You're actually incredibly selective every day. So every person has chosen to do this as opposed to the millions of other things they could do. So if whatever it is that you're offering the world happens to be one of the millions of other options, the fact that you would take that personally, just not, it's not even, yeah. It no, doesn't, it doesn't it help at all. It brings me back to just having fun. I'm like, well, if I'm having a good time doing it, I think that, you know, that is a gift in and of itself. Okay, one last question. You said in the book, no one can sit this one out. And that <laughs> really stuck with me. So can you explain that to people listening? Oh, yeah. In quantum physics, there's been this massive revolution in the past hundred years. Actually, the, the line where Albert Einstein said, God doesn't play dice. 
comes from his friends making these groundbreaking quantum physics discoveries about how the universe actually is. And it is so bizarre and defies all of our previous understandings. That's why Einstein said this is he literally he was like, no, the universe can't be this strange. And it is. So for example, quantum physicists discover that a subatomic particle and everything is made of subatomic particles. When you observe a particle, it affects what the particle does. Hmm. So those of us in the modern world, we our image is of the scientist in the lab who observes. So the scientist has a clipboard, white lab coat. That's kind of a caricature of science, but nevertheless. And then there's the thing being studied. And the observations are made, and then you get the data, the information, the evidence on whatever it is that's being studied. So there's a very clear line between the person and the thing that they're observing or studying. But then quantum physicists came along and said, actually, the act of observing affects what even happens. There is no line. So the universe is an integrated, connected whole. Everything is related to everything else. Your consciousness, your witnessing to it, shapes what it even is. So for many people, the, the world exists. It's already been created. And then you sort of watch it and then once in a while sort of get involved. But you being here, conscious, with an awareness, is already involved. It's already shaping things. So the idea of like, well, I'm just going to set this one out. Uh, no. No, no one's setting this one out. <laughs> Even, I mean, and then there are obviously super, super obvious practical things like, uh, well, I'm just not going to vote in the next election. Uh, okay, fine, that's your right. But that profoundly affects things. Non-participation is participation of a particular kind. <laughs> yeah, so uh it's science but it, you know, it has poetic dimensions to it. Well, and I love it because people will feel like they're not able to affect things so often. So to know that we yes. are affecting yes. things and we right, are making right. a difference. And this... we talked about that last time, just the listeners being here. I said, I'd love to say that I show up every week and I do this, even if there's nobody there, but the feedback and the listeners and the presence is making a difference. It's, it's, we're all Absolutely. part of this. Yeah. And I, I think the next several decades, um, our continued reflection on the nature of consciousness is going to change it's it's going to usher in a massive rethink of what it means to be human because the modern experiment of subject object which was so powerful science medicine airports iphones this observe the thing from a distance passively objectively and see what it does did build this wonderful modern world so it is true at one level of the human experience it's just that what we now know is that underneath, around, between all that, observation affects the outcome. <laughs> yeah, we're all in this. We are all in this. We are all connected. Yeah, it's a seamless whole. All the parts exist within a larger whole. 
<laughs> Incredible. It, kind of, well, it, it blows your mind, but it's actually your heart that stirs. With yes. These sorts it's of that feeling foods. again. It's well, that yeah. feeling. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, thank you. Know, fun, you. It's fun to talk about, yes, isn't it? It is. It's all fun to talk about. I could keep talking, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm so grateful that you could be here for this and that this was a little uh, something to say project that I I worked on uh, in January. So it's amazing that we're here. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate you being here with us. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I'm so glad that you picked up like your own roots and story and experiences you've had your daughter. Uh, that's really pro profound to me that you, the, oh yeah, it was all, it all was part of it. Every mm -hmm. square inch. I can just own it. Um, it all belongs in some very mysterious way. Totally. Everything is spiritual. Yes. And would you um, close with a blessing? I, I know that you have a blessing on your podcast or something you say at the end. I, I, I oh, really yeah. was driving with that Pastor Rob thing. So I thought maybe Pastor Rob. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us a blessing as we. Uh, yeah, I always, there's two words that always for me, there is grace, which is accepting that you're accepted. Grace is seeing the whole thing as a gift. There's nothing to prove, nothing to earn. There's no points that are being mm. kept track of somewhere. Uh, sometimes called gospel or good news that you've always belonged and there was never anything. Your goodness, your badness, all the ways you thought you missed out, all the ways you thought maybe you get, you've, you've been a child of the divine the whole time. <laughs> so that's grace. And grace, sometimes grace is don't do a thing. Don't do a thing. Just take a breath and receive. Mm. And then peace, there's this Hebrew word shalom, which is everything in its right place. It's like each of us doing whatever we're here to do to build a new world. Um, and sometimes you need to hear a word of don't do a thing. Everything's good. Exactly as it is. And other times, the invitation. So, what do you want to do? Who do you want to serve? Um, how do you want to? How do you want to be in the game? So that's why I often, pretty much all the time, end everything I do with, "May grace and peace be with you now more than ever." Amen. Thank you, Rob Bell. <laughs> there you go. It's great talking to you. You too. Thank you. We'll see you again. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. We're in this together now. Give me your love and tell me your secret. Recovering is about listening, and it's also about remembering those out there that are just like us in spiritual need. So carry the message. You can write a review on iTunes. You can share this on Facebook or Twitter, or even text the link to a friend. To keep it, we have to give it away. 